The show starts in one minute. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are back in jolly old England in our recording studio that we have set up deep inside of Sherwood Forest. I am your host, Jared Alwick, the art sale artist, and joining me as always is the little John to my Robin Hood. It is, of course, Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. How are you feeling today, Dr. Cristados? Oh, you're not Dr. Cristados. Little, little John Cristados. <laughs> yeah! Little John here. Jared, since... This recording, we're close to when my birthday was, and I learned something new. So I hope you like the hood that I'm wearing. I, I've heard it makes me look a little bit younger. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> don't is. mind the beard, I, you know. But I hope the the hood makes me a little bit younger. You can call me Little John Riding Hood. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do that, but okay. I, I I like it. I like it. Uh, also joining me is the ugliest maid Marion of all time. It is my older, wiser brother, Jason the Weasel Skull, Peter Albrecht. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jason. You know, people say that the life of a merry man is the life to lead. You get the great outdoors, nature. You get all the food you can capture. Food just tastes better. But it's not all fun and games, man, because... You don't have the niceties that you have in the castle. You don't have the private bathrooms, the big banquet hall, the roaring fire. And most of all, got to watch your teeth. Because if you go out here without brushing your teeth for three days, you best use Gleam. Mm, That is some good sparkling advice. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I keep these teeth looking good. All right. That'll all make sense later, I assure you. Uh, we also have with us our very own lovable Friar Tuck. It is Delvin the Dark Web Williams. How are you for this episode, Friar? I'm fantastic. Uh, thank you for asking. And uh, I have a request. I need you to go along with me, okay? Uh, I, I I simply just ask, you know, that that you tie me up and, and then you beat me up a little bit and then you kiss me before you go. <laughs> well, we were going to do that anyway. It's a perfectly reasonable <laughs> request, Jared. So That's, that's Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. No, you got time to get something to eat too, or <laughs> chop, chop, get to it. I got the ball gag ready. Uh, you know, <laughs> perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can do. And uh, just to make things more awkward, we do have guests with us on this episode. Our guests are from the Rad Adventures Network. They have podcasts too numerous to list, but just check out Rad Adventures and you will find them all. They are friends of the show. Well, I genuinely feel bad every time they're here because <laughs> it's like a big step down for them. <laughs> I want to welcome Ruth and Darren from the Rad Adventures Network. Welcome to Ruth and Darren. Hello. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us on the show. We've both been lifelong fans of Robin Hood, so it's truly a treat to be here. And awesome. and she's being sincere, despite what you might think. So ah. she is sincerely happy to be here because everything will be so much better after this. So it helps her establish expectations. Oh, good. All right. Yes. We want to keep Roundhouse Ruth Sutherland happy on the show. Also known as Right Cross Ruth Sutherland. Possibly RKO Ruth Sutherland. (laughs) So, yes. uh, She will let her feelings be known. No, peek behind the curtain to the audience. When I first 
was talking to Darren Ruth about, they were like, you know, what's next after Sherlock Holmes? And we say, hey, our Crusaders Club members voted and it's going to be, you know, Robin Hood. And they just lit up. They're like, oh, we love that show with Richard Green and all this. And they're like, can we be on the like, first episode? And I was like, heck yeah. We booked them and they both got sick. Yes. <laughs> they they <laughs> both got sick. Thankfully, th- we recovered. So. It was the thought of being on your show. The pain, the pain. Yes, so they've been like in the wings because uh, we booked some other guests and thinking that, you know, they'd be first. And then we had to wait for get through our other guests to get them back on. But I think this is a good episode. We're going to meet and focus on a key character. Yeah, this is a perfect one for us. Absolutely. Worked out well. You guys get to answer the guest questions. So what are your first memories of Robin Hood? And what is your favorite iteration of the character? There's a lot to choose from. So you both can answer. You may have different answers. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Going back in time. I remember my childhood fondly and watching the Disney version of the Robin Hood cartoon. Loved it. The characters, the songs. It was a delight. For me, it's interesting because um, it might be this TV show because uh, when I was a kid, this show was on when I got home from school every day. So this was one of those shows I would come home from school and and get to watch. So uh, it was certainly one of the first Robin Hood uh, exposures I had, if if not the only, probably the Errol Flynn movie as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, this iteration is probably my first substantive uh, introduction because it was just on every day. I watched it every day and loved it. I have that same feeling about um, Branded and the Rifleman. They came oh. on after school for me every day. And I watched them every day. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I mean, it was this and the Lone Ranger. Yeah, that made they, they go nicely together. Back to back. Yes, absolutely. Especially when you know that the Lone Ranger is the William Tell overture and it all starts <laughs> to. Anyways, favorite iteration. Is the cartoon still your favorite version of Robin Hood, Ruth? Oh, I have so many favorites. <laughs> I could go on and yeah, on. But that's your please, first, but it's not your favorite. Please indulge me. I would say since I just watched a Maid Marian focused episode, I want to share that I absolutely love Maid Marian and her Merry Men. It's a British comedy oh. where she is the leader of the outlaws. And it's excellently written by Tony Robinson that you may know from Blackadder or Time Team. And then one of my favorites from Red Dwarf, Danny John Jules, who is so musically inclined and can dance and do so much, added greatly to the show. And I would say a book that I've loved for many years by Robin McKinley is Outlaws of Sherwood. And she retells the Robin Hood story and has added several really strong female characters. So, you know, focusing on the female power back in the day in Robin Hood's time. I love it. Oh, I love that Maid Marian and her Merry Men show as well. It's, it's really good. I think, though, that this Richard Green show might be my first exposure and still my favorite. It's certainly there's so much nostalgia related to it. I'll, I'll say it's my first and my favorite at this time. Uh, I think that's fair. We're definitely enjoying it here. It's been getting a lot of positive reviews on our on our show here. So, yeah, uh, we'll see if it's going to keep that trend going. You know, for people who are just joining us perhaps for the first time, Pat, what are you going to do for those people who might just be tuning in for their very first episode? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. If you're just tuning in for the first episode, welcome. We're glad to have you here. But let me tell you about what Saturday Matinee Theater is. It's a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Nonbox Crusade. 
where we'll be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness, either in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our indexing of all 39 episodes of the 1955 television series, The Adventure of Robin Hood. 1955's Robin Hood was produced by Sapphire Films, run by Hannah Weinstein and Sidney Cole. It starred Richard Green as Robin Hood and Alan Wheatley as the Sheriff of Nottingham. So, take refuge in the forest, take off your quiver of arrows, get cozy around the fireplace, and let the gargarious music of the Merry Men whisk you away into the past. Whistling, ladies and cackling hands are sure to come to dangerous end. Nice. I like it. Okay, before we hand it over to Delvin for this episode's info, we're going to take a look, or of course, this is a podcast, so we're going to take a listen at a commercial that we've been playing at the time that this episode was released back in 1955. This will help us get in the right time frame of mind, if you will, and transport us back to the 50s. For this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Gleam Toothpaste. Next. Okay. First, some Gleam. There. Now do this. Well, look, Mom. Wonderful. Can't start too young to use Gleam. It answers the one problem our whole family faces. That's not always being able to brush after meals, even though it's best. That's why so many families use only Gleam. It's for people who can't brush after every meal. Like me, eating while shopping. Jim, lunching at work. The children, out having a snack. Gleam's the toothpaste that meets this problem. One brushing destroys decay and odor-causing bacteria. Mouth bacteria like this build up overnight. Look, one Gleam brushing destroys most bacteria. That's how Gleam with exclusive GL70 gives added resistance to decay and stops mouth odor for most people all day. Depend on Gleam. It's for people who can't brush after every meal. Okay, what did you guys think of the Gleam toothpaste commercial? We start with Darren and Ruth. Oh, it's fun to see what strategies they tried to use to sell the products all those years ago. And then, of course, all the stereotypical things coming out about, of course, the woman doesn't work. I would rather she was out, like, shooting bows and arrows and uh, <laughs> going on an adventure instead of always staying home. I know you, that is much <laughs> more like what you would prefer and what you would do. Right. <laughs> this comes up a lot in our 50s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not surprising. For me, this was perfect again because it tapped right back into my childhood when I would have been watching the show originally because when I was a kid, I used Gleam toothpaste and I had probably <laughs> not thought about it in decades. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, Gleam toothpaste. I remember that. <laughs> so, that explains his incredible smile. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, it's it's for people who can only brush once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, luckily your mom took a break from vacuuming and, you know, keeping the house up nice to get you so You're begging for a right cross. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I see her in Charlotte, it's going to whap. I just, bam, just guaranteed it, didn't I? Dang. <laughs> Delvin, save me and tell me what you thought of the Gleam toothpaste. I'll do my best. Uh, so the thing that kind of made me laugh about it is at least the way that I understand teeth brushing nowadays is that you are not supposed to brush immediately after a meal because that's when your teeth are like the softest and can like be more exposed. If you brush your teeth, you're stripping of like enamel and like necessary bacteria and stuff. What do I know? I'm no dentist. I'm a business major. So uh, <laughs> take, take with that what you will. Uh, but like I saw that. I was like, this, this commercial kind of doesn't make any sense, at least based off of the YouTube knowledge that I have gathered about brushing my teeth. Fair enough. Pat, with your sparkling smile. What mm-hmm. do you think? I thought it was swell. Mm, yes. This one was super swell on this one. Is Gleam still around? Do you know? Good looking question, Pat. While <laughs> you guys talk, I'll look it up. Well, actually, I looked it up already because I was so surprised. So I read that uh, Gleam Toothpaste went out of production in 2014. Oh, man. They hung but out. interestingly, was just brought back last year as a new flavor from Crest. So huh. I'll have to try it again and see if it reminds me <laughs> being a kid. <laughs> but I was just wondering because when I saw the commercial, I was like, Gleam, wow. I wonder if it's still around. Yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering that too, and I was wondering if anybody had tried it. And I guess Darren, you know, is the lucky one that did it. And looking so, at now, so who's Crest Market for bringing back Gleam? Like octogenarians? <laughs> <Darren. laughs> Don't pick on Darren like me. that. <laughs> Darren, <Apparently> me. <laughs> like, like the old folks home. I'm just saying, like the market has to be small, right? Like. <laughs> But none of us are young people. And the only person that remembers Gleam is, is Darren, you know, who at this point I'm suspecting may or may not be a vampire. I'm not. <laughs> There's a painting of Darren in his attic that's just getting Yes, there there go. <laughs> The smile's really good, though. The smile's holding. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to hide my pointed teeth. <laughs> we should. Uh, you know, we should reach out to some of these folks to see if they'll sponsor the show. You know, like who else is out there glamping it up for Gleam, you know, besides us or the Chunky Bar or any of the many products that we've covered on the show. Oh, we need I them cigarettes. The Chunky Bar back when I brushed with Gleam. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just leaves Jason to, uh, you know, brush us up on his thoughts. I thought the commercial did a good job because it, it took two tracks. Number one, you had the social track. You had the the cute kids that were brushing the teeth together and the big brother teaching the little brother how to brush the teeth. You had the mom greeting the dad coming in with the big kiss, you know, but it was good because they brushed with gleam so their breath didn't stank or nothing. So that was all good. And then you had the science part too. And the science, because they laid it down side by side. You know, this is what you get with Gleam, and it was that circle, and there was, like, only a few germs, and then there's everybody else, and it's like a circle, and it's like, look at all this shit that you got in your mouth, and you brush with this, right? And then, you know, and you're looking at it, and you're like, is that really a picture, like, from a microscope, or did they just take a circle and put some dots in one and fewer dots in the other? I don't know, but they sold me. I'm ready to go get my Gleam. Good commercial. Effective. 
Got, I, I want to know. The weasel skull. I want to know in the Elbrick household, did Jason, did you teach Jared how to brush his teeth? I taught Jared a lot of things, but well, you know, we brushed our teeth together a lot. I, mean, okay. I don't yeah. think I ever gave Good him bonding a time. lack of instructions, but we, you know. Yeah, yeah, we are on the same schedule. I know that much. <laughs> and I remember when it's time for like a really good clean, like if we relax, one of the one of the punishments our dad would give us, we'd have to brush with uh, baking soda. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was baking soda, wasn't it? It was baking soda, yeah. And, and I just remember my dad, because like if you relax and he's like, you got to get after it. So you're brushing with baking soda, which sucks after toothpaste, right? And then he's like, he's like, this is how it was done back in the day. You should be appreciative of toothpaste. <laughs> but, but Mike wasn't wrong. Like baking soda is legit good for cleaning your teeth. Like you can I pull am. out some baking soda today and go to town and you'd be okay. But I like how he set it up like toothpaste, like aim or crest was a reward system. <laughs> like, like, oh, if you don't want to use that, I got something for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Oh, you think toilet paper is a necessity? No, no. That's electric. <laughs> We've got the phone book. You can use the phone book. You just send you up for y'all up for a future life. It's like you could you could multi-purpose it. You could brush your teeth with it, then swallow it, and then your stomach feels better. No. Yeah. Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. Well, now that we all have fresh minty breath, I'm sure that you podcast listeners can smell it coming from your however you listen to this. <laughs> um speakers? Sure. Yes. We're going to move on and actually talk about this Robin Hood thing. So, Delvin, tee us up for that, would you? I mean, they're smelling something. <laughs> <laughs> it's our fresh breath, Delvin. <laughs> it's our fresh breath. Episode 5 was titled Maid Marion. The original air date was 23 October 1955. The director was Ralph Smart. The writer was Anne Rodney, which is a pseudonym for Anne and Harold Coke. The guest stars were Bernadette O'Farrell as Mate Marion and Marie Burke as Nanny. As a reminder, all 39 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast, because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. There are probably some spoilers heading your way, so if you haven't watched this episode, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and then come back to join our discussion. And at only 26 delightful minutes per episode, it's not a big time demand. Those of you who are watching along with us, we would love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show using the hashtag I'm following Robin Hood, Jared. Hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. uh, Jason, you can pick it up from there. Hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. Pat, it's all yours. Hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. Ruth, Darren, you want in on this? (laughs) Hashtag I'm I'm following Robin Hood. I love you guys. You're amazing sports. Hashtag I am following Robin Hood. And with that, let's turn it over to Jared for the episode summary. It was amazing. They did on the spot. They did a great job. They pra- you practiced it before you got on, didn't you? Of course. For hours and hours. For hours.
Tim's Merry Men accidentally rob the wrong guy. They rob a courier for the family of one of Robin's best friends from the Crusades and one of his childhood friends, Marion Fitzwalter. Robin realizes his old family friends are getting destitute because the courier was carrying personal jewelry items just so the Fitzwalters could pay their hefty taxes to Prince John. When Marion learns that her childhood friend and his band of thieves stole her tax payment, she's furious and agrees to help the Sheriff of Nottingham to capture Robin and his crew. She infiltrates the outlaws, pretending to be a boy named Peter, but there's no fool in Robin Hood. He goes along with her ruse to tease her a little bit, but when he outright calls her bluff, it's too late. The sheriff's men have captured Robin. He's taken to London for execution, but luckily Maid Marian learns that Robin isn't the evil thief that she first thought he was, and she helps him escape, but not before the two share their first kiss of the series. Immediately after, she demands, and I quote, tie me up and bind me. Rawr. Okay, so <laughs> let's, uh, let's go into our highs and lows round. So in our first round, it goes to Darren and Ruth. Uh, do you guys have a high? Do you have a low? Maybe one of you has a high. Maybe one of you has a low. Maybe one of you has a high. The other one has a high. Maybe one has a low. The other has a low. <laughs> Whatever. What do you got in round one? One of my favorite scenes I will share is when Marion is in disguise and she's with the band of Merry Men. They are, you know, not really sure of her and they're teasing her, saying she's really not strong enough to do anything. And she reaches around and slips a guy. That was my favorite scene mm-hmm. in the whole episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. Perfect. That was nice. That's a good None of them were surprised that that was your favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've been on the receiving end of a Ruth Sutherland judo flip before. It's a sight to behold. You know, picking out a high is, is really difficult for a show like this because, I mean, I honestly just love everything about every episode. But what stuck in my mind when we were rewatching this one is – for a show that was made, you know, fast and just, I think we read four days an episode that they filmed, a show that was filmed very fast on a tight budget. It's just amazing how well they intercut scenes that they go and film outdoors with scenes that they film on sets. And I thought there were a couple of great examples in this one where you would see, especially Robin and Marion running outdoors toward the camera and then immediately a cut where you see them running onto a set and it's just very seamless. I mean, today's big, large TVs, you know, maybe you can tell a lot easier, but think 1955 on a little small TV, it would have looked, you know, completely the same, but I'm just really impressed with what they were able to do on such a small budget and such a tight timeline. And I think that's why the show was such a huge hit back then. Uh, because it was an uh, it was an amazingly big hit then, and why it stood the test of time for decades and ran in reruns after that, and and why people like us still remember it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I've noticed the quality too. And we mentioned on a previous episode that this hand in hand with we you know we covered the the Sherlock Holmes from '54 right before right. this, and it, we always mention this, but I think it's a great place to mention it again. Like we went into it with a certain amount of we'll have to accept some '50s ishness from these shows and we haven't had to like they're legitimately good and they Absolutely. stand up just like what you were saying like it just Absolutely. stands up yeah just i agree yeah what about lowe's ruth ah oh, i loved it <laughs> I, I would say more scenes with marion doing stuff <laughs> 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 
Peter. I want to see Peter. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. You've got another round coming. So you could be thinking yeah. of some other things you liked or or things you would have uh, done differently. Mm-hmm. And while you're thinking about that, we go to Delvin in his round one. May Marion was delightful. We have a lot of people. I won't take a ton of time, but what I will, I, it's, it's just important to add that through the guise of Peter, which was somewhat ridiculous, you know, because it's like, I'm Peter. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but what needed to be revealed was that she was crafty and capable and every bit of Robin Hood's equal. Someone who, someone as daring and handsome and a great leader like Robin has been needs someone like as a contemporary, like by his side and made Marion more than fits that bill. Absolutely. As I was watching it, because I always watch these a couple of days before the fellows do, because I have to do the script updates and all that. And I almost texted you guys completely out of context. Just that's the best looking Peter I've ever seen. And just send that and let you guys marinate on that for a few days. (laughs) (laughs) And one of us probably for for hours, hours at a time. (laughs) What was your joke there, Pat? Oh, uh, we probably don't want to hear that joke. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. No picks? (laughs) I need the picks. Uh, Well, with that, Pat, it is your turn. Like Darren and Ruth and Delvin are saying, you know, I was so excited to see Maid Marion. We saw her earlier. In an episode, right? Even then, she was kind of coy and she was kind of, you know, sassy a little bit. And so to see her continue with that and just grow more, I want to say lovable. You know, she's, I want to see more with her now and with Robin. I, I was just really enthralled with watching this episode that I really didn't write down a lot of notes because I just wanted to keep watching and watching. And the 25 minutes, man, went so fast. In this, because it, I was so, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I was on the seat of my seat. There you go. <laughs> she is very, very charming. And I'm glad you mentioned that. We did see her like in brief. With the little John. In previous episode, maybe once or twice. And, and you're right. Both times, you could tell that she was a little craftier upstairs yeah. than, I was about to say those around her, but it's usually the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when, when he was like, why are you so hung up on Robin Hood? And she was like, why are you so hung up on Robin Hood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyways, to Jason. So these last couple of episodes, we're starting to introduce the crew, right? We had the Friar Tuck. We had Little John. Now we've got Maid Marian. So I sat down and watched this with a little trepidation because this is a very important character to get correct, right? There's got to be some real chemistry. I want to focus on the scene before Robin and Marion even meet. The moment Robin realizes who his man has robbed, he says, we're giving this money back. One of his men pops off to him and is like, well, why do we need to give it back? We need it more than she does. And... This is a Robin who's always very charming and really respectful to his man. But he stood up and he stared that man down. And he said, anybody want to challenge me on this? And there was <laughs> that, yes, that, that was so that, cool. That two heartbeats. And he, and he backed that man down. And that told you right away. That told you there is a history here between these two. And something is going to happen. And it just, it just set the tone. And once again, this show manages to capture those moments and get those right beats that feel organic. They just feel real. And, and that even, was a- even 
even the guy after he saw Robinson was like, oh, you must really like this girl. Right. And Robin goes, <laughs> I do. I, I will kill you. I will literally kill you. <laughs> I will cut you when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And you notice he personally returned the. Yeah. The with the note. With the note. I wholeheartedly agree, Jason, that that part definitely caught it. And I liked how, and I don't know, this is where we would need our friend, you know, Alan Ryan on the show. I don't know if they do this a lot, but it's always been in my experience that they, he kind of links up with his childhood friend, Maid Marion. I like that there was that level of that's the daughter of one of the guys I served with in the Crusades. I like that extra level because, you know, that as, as a veteran, it touches me. I'm sure Jason and Delvin too. Like it's one of those things where Maid Marion doesn't even need to be a factor. The minute he knew that like we just robbed the family of the guy I served with, hey, that's not going to happen. I, you know, and, and that's, that just really touched me because that's one of those things where I wouldn't even necessarily need to know the guy. If it was just like this guy served, you know, in our case, you know, in Iraq with you at the same time. And I never met him. It's instant amount of credibility and respect. Like, no, we're not robbing. <laughs> we are not robbing this guy. So I really like that. I like, I'm glad you brought that moment up, Jason, because that was one I wanted to make sure we did not miss. And it was awesome. So I think that brings us into round two. So uh, any uh, anything left you guys want to talk about, Darren and Ruth? I love that she's a sharpshooter with the, the bow and arrow. And I wrote down a note here. I love the line, you know, the banter back and forth. And Robin Hood says, your arrows aren't your only barbs. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> here and there, there are just so many, you know, mm-hmm. short to the point, great lines. Well, as we've mentioned, you guys probably know this because you know a little bit of the history we talked about in a previous episode. These are like literally Academy Award winning writers on this stuff working in England because they're basically blackballed in the U.S. So you get the super high quality. That's what you're talking about. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, uh, uh, Darren, you're you're going. Oh, no, no. That's great, Jared. Yeah, to bring up. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I I know you're you're talking about Alan Wright as well. Yeah, he and he and I actually exchanged a message just earlier today because he knew we were going to be on talking about the writers and all the pseudonyms they had to use because of uh, being blackballed at that point in time, sadly. But, you know, we get the benefit of these wonderful, excellent scripts and also just wonderful acting. It's like, that's one of the other things we talked about, the quality of the show. And I really appreciated hearing all of you talk about, uh, you know, how with this and the excellent Sherlock Holmes series that you covered, how you didn't have that sort of 50-ish that you expected. And it's the same thing with Richard Green. I mean, I think that's why this is one of my favorite versions of Robin Hood, because Richard Green is, to me, a definitive Robin Hood. He's he's not, you know, he's not flippant. He's not campy. He's not silly. He's not, he's just very level-headed. He's sort of very normal. He's not unbelievably, you know, big and strong, but he's level-headed. He's smart. He's a good fighter. He's just a nice, well-rounded individual with a great moral compass. And he makes a great Robin Hood. And uh, that's why I think it carries through the show through all four years. It's just fabulous. Yeah. You know, while you were saying that, Darren, I think that's, I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I'm loving Richard Green more and more. I, I just telling the fellas, he was like in the first Sherlock Holmes movie. With Basil Rasmussen and Natural Bruce. Yes. <laughs> and that was like 15 years before this. So, like, he's the guy, he ages well. I'll tell you that because <laughs> he's still very <laughs> handsome here. Yeah. Um, but while you were talking, the, the point I wanted to make was because you were talking about how Robin isn't campy or silly. He's charming. He's, he's fun, but he's also taken seriously. And I can't help but tie that back 
to real life experiences. And I know I'm going to get head nods from Jason and Delvin because we've met some of the baddest of the bad, like some of the special ops guys, right? The hardest guys in the military. And that's how they are. <laughs> They're all like very lighthearted and approachable. They've got, they've got jokes, but they also command a presence. And I think we're really seeing that with Richard Green's portrayal of Robin Hood. Always a presence. Always. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's unspoken, but like I, my jujitsu instructor is the exact same way. Literally the first time I saw the guy was kind of like, uh, there's something different about this guy. Like he didn't say a word. It was literally in how he approached me. It was, yeah. Physical they're, confidence. You can just see it. Yeah. 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 So they're really, they're just nailing it on, on this show. And that brings us back to Delvin actually. Quite a few times, even in these five episodes, like they have like Robin has been content to walk into a trap because he knows what the game is. And it's so it's like, okay, I, I size this up. I know what's going on. Or I'm, or I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. Let's let this play out because now I want to, I want to see what I can get from it. And he's done that a few times. He did that with little John. Uh, he did that with Friar Tuck and now he's done it with Maid Marion. And every time, it, just because he was kind of patient and, and took his time on it, it, that it wound up, you know, blossoming really good fruit as a result of it. So I, I, I like that approach of where, like, he could have literally just ripped the hood off of, quote unquote, Peter's head. It's like, it's Marion, it's you. It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm doing this because I want her to see where I am like the guys that I'm with, that they're decent people, they're, they're decent human beings. And even though she sort of had an idea about Robin, it was incorrect, but he was able to go back to that and say, no, we were good people, good honorable people. So I, I like his approach. It's crafty. One. It's crafty. Pat, you're also crafty. What do you got? Yeah, I, I was going to agree with Delvin on that. The craftiness that this Robin portrays is, is fun to watch and to see him try to get out of it. But this particular one... You know, I think he may have known that there would have been some sort of a, a trap coming along, but I think I felt like he thought he, he stopped it by getting a hold of Marion before, but then all of a sudden got, you know, so swept up with her that he, he let that guard down and got caught. And so, you know, how was he going to get out of this one? And so you finally have Marion kind of turn around and, and come to his aid and he's surprised, totally surprised by it. And all that happens then. But then he runs off on the horse and that just stops. And like, is this the first like kind of cliffhanger we've had with this episode where I'm hoping the next episode kind of picks off like, okay, what is he going to do here now? Is he going to try to, you know, get with Marion again, or at least let her know that he's all right. Things like oh, that. He's gonna was, try, yeah. He's going to try to get with her again. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I felt like it's a cliffhanger. Like, is he going to get away or are they going to, you know, kind of trace him down a little bit more or, or so? I just, gonna, I assume that he's basically escaped into the forest and that okay. we'll go from, yeah. that's what I assumed. I could I be wrong. I just felt like a, like a little, I said a little cliffhanger, not, I was so excited. I wanted to watch the next episode to find out what happens. It's like, is he going to get away? What's going on? I don't know. And my other thing is, you mentioned about the physicality and, and the looks in this. Is it me or every time they have a strong guy, it's got to be somebody with their shirts off? Yeah. And like, I'm just saying, I know it was, it was the 50s, but like, if you want a strong guy, you could have got a, like somebody who looked. <laughs> stronger <laughs> neither Not one just of those take your, guys. Well, that's what I mean. you just take up your shirt and you're a strong guy well <laughs> i guess so 
That's what passed for fit back then, man. I'm just my, I'm just my window. You, you mean Inspector Lestrade isn't your ideal little John? <laughs> I still Ooh, love I him, like though. him. I like him. I like him. I like I that because I like this Lestrade because, or I like Lestrade as little John because he's more funny. Just oh man, to see him play this different character. Well, besides right. the other character, remember when he was faking that Scottish accent? <laughs> <laughs> This guy's so diversified that he can do anything. <laughs> I've got some awesome fun facts for him later on in the show. I can't wait to get to. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, we got to give Jason his say, though, and to close everything out for us here. Well, I think I opened with the with Robin staring down his man to set the tone that there's some history here. So I think it's only fair to close out my second round by the end of the episode with that kiss. Man, that kiss was Perfect. It was just like through that whole episode, you've seen them toying with each other, him kind of picking on her by making her do all the cooking and all the dishes and everything. And there's just this little bit of wink, wink, nod, nod. You know that each knows who the other is. And it's just like a little game of chess. And in the end, He's not really sure because our Marion here, she's a survivor. And that's what I got from this episode. And the one previously where we first saw her. She's alone in this world. All the all the men that could protect her are away at war. They're in the Crusades. She's got to protect herself. She's got to protect the property of her family. And she's playing a very dangerous game in here. And she doesn't know if she can trust Robin or not. She doesn't know what's become of him. All the news she's getting is she's getting from Prince John, basically, and the sheriff. So, yeah, it's like you folks said, Robin has to show her so she can make up her own mind. And you don't know at that very end, like, holy cow, is she going to sell him out? Because that might be the smart thing to do. That might be the smart play, right? But she doesn't. And, you know, tie me up. And he does it. He hears the guards coming, but he has to give her that kiss. And that kiss seals it. And that ends the episode. And you're just like, yeah, this is awesome. I'll hardly concur. All right, let's get into the fun facts. Bernadette O'Farrell, our lovely maid, Marion slash Peter, was born in 1924. And she started acting in 1947. And she did eight films before landing her most famous role, which is Maid Marion on the Adventures of Robin Hood. But don't get too used to her because she's going to leave the show after 78 episodes in order to avoid being typecast. But that decision will end up being not terribly important because after Robin Hood, she did just two films. She did The Bridal Path in 1959. And then all the way to 1980, she does The Wildcats of St. Trinian's. But all that was by choice. She decided that she preferred raising her two daughters and the farm life in Buckinghamshire, England, after the 1959 The Bridal Path. And after her daughters were raised, her and her husband moved to Monaco, where she lived happily and passed away at the age of 75 in 1999. So basically, she was like, I'm, I'm leaving the show because I don't want to get typecast. And she was like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> and really just kind of lived her life after that. Did a, a farm life and then sort of a relaxing uh, twilight in Monaco. And I think that's kind of charming. So. That's uh, that's our Maid Marian. I just uh, I love that, Jared. And it just made me think of another fun fact, which I noticed. I think it was the director, right? This episode was directed by Ralph Smart. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So 
who, who was just, I mean, it's a name Ruth and I know well because uh, he worked on so many other shows that we loved in this same period of time, uh, Danger Man and Secret Agent uh, as well, uh, which are excellent espionage shows. But then also a couple of adventure shows just like this, The Buccaneers, which was a really great pirate show made around the same period of time with Robert Shaw, who everybody knows from Jaws as uh, the star of that show. And then um, Sir Lancelot, also uh, uh, an excellent uh, similar show to this made at the same point in time. Uh, so uh, it was really neat to see Ralph Smart's name. So oh, okay. I just thought I'd throw that in. No, that's cool. I, I may, uh, you never know. There's a lot of episodes where I got to do fun facts. So I might sort of revisit that and dig into the works of, of Ralph Smart for a future episode. So you've given me a lead. You've given me a good lead. <laughs> cool. So I appreciate that. Oh, that's cool. With that, let's get into our arrow ratings. On this episode, if you give it five arrows, that means you loved it. Four means you thought it was very good. Three, it was good. And two, it was just okay. And one, I did not like it. It did not tie me up, nor did it bind me. I, am, I might have got off track. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with our guests. Darren, Ruth, you guys can pick who goes first and how many arrows. Five arrows easily. Oh. I love this introduction of Maid Marian. And I think they accomplished a lot in one episode showing how she could think, be strong, and take action. So easy, five arrows. Yeah, same for me. Easily five arrows. I mean, this, this show is a five-arrow show. And uh, this episode's a five-arrow uh, episode. So excellent. Awesome. Awesome. I love that it hits you in, this, in the nostalgia feels, too, like having watched it growing up. That's got to make oh, it yeah. so. Definitely. That's really cool. All right. We'll go to Pat. Well, like Ruth and Darren, I'm going to do a straight shot within five arrows as well. Getting all five. Love it. Love it. Jason? I'm going to keep the five train rolling. Like I said, this was an important one to get right. And man, they nailed it. Every scene, every line, just perfectly written and wonderfully executed. Delvin, you going to keep the five train going toot toot? I initially thought four, but... I forgot a pretty important context of that. And and everybody's kind of spoken to it a little bit. And that would be, you, you got to get made Marion right, right? I mean, it's Robin Hood. And the way that they established her as a character where, you know, it was smartly mentioned that she's playing a very dangerous game, but she has to in order to keep her land because, you know, her uh, menfolk and her family are off at war. So she's the one that has to protect everything. And she doesn't necessarily know who to trust. So she had to quickly turn on her friend along our childhood friend, basically Robin. And because he, she thought that he betrayed her, which thankfully wasn't the case. Uh, so like all of that was established very well. And if I think the world of Robin Hood and how he's established, and I do, then it's no problem giving this episode a five because it says, everything about how they've established mate Marion too. It was a great episode. I'm going to wholeheartedly concur. We'll just do full five. So everybody get up. <laughs> One, two, two, three, three four. four. <laughs> Play it on the loop, Pat. Get on the <laughs> All right. Well, that is awesome. We're all very high on this show. We're all very high on this uh, episode and we're digging mate Marion and like I said, she won't be around forever, but 78 episodes, like, as far as we know, we're only doing season one. So this is going to be the only Maid Marian that we know because <laughs> it's 39 episodes in season one. <laughs> so uh, she's doing a great, great job. And with that, I think we're going to get into Sherwood Forest mailbag. We're thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. 
These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content. You guys are the ones that voted to put Robin Hood on the show. So thank you for that. Uh, raffle prizes, so much more. These are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Oh. Auburn Elvis. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Maddlewagon. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason Keene. Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman, Jim Jarman. I hope you like Jim Jarman too. I do. Close personal friend. Jim Meal. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Is he a doctor? Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. The Captivating Kathy Bright. MVP. Matt and Lizzie Poisson. Mark Ross. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. E.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. See you soon. Rick of Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Samantha Manny. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Red Sheet. Steve Cronin. Our friend Tim Price. Tony Pennington. And Toronto Cop. If we missed you on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent edition, we will add you soon. But no worries. You can let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. But if your heart is filled with hate and anger, send an email to Pat. Contact at longboxcrusade.com. I'm wearing a hood. You see, it so <laughs> makes me look younger. So please don't hit me. You wouldn't want uh, to hurt so a young boy so. like me. That's right. <laughs> now, if you're asking yourself, how do I become a member of this gregarious band of merry men? <laughs> it's pretty simple. You go to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as one measly dollar a month, you get access to the amazing world of Crusaders Club. And we encourage you to come check that out. And our favorite thing about it is the folks in there are just awesome. We just have a really good group of folks chatting and getting along. And uh, we welcome you to be part of that. It's a gregarious good time. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) And of course, if you don't have any extra scratch laying around and money's a little tight, we understand that. And, you know, there's lots of different ways you could help us out. Look for our stuff on social media. Like it. Retweet it. Check us out on YouTube. Like the videos there. uh, Comment on them. Subscribe to our channel. Or maybe just write us for review. Like I said, we're in lots of different places. We're on all your podcatchers, and we are on YouTube. So if you're like, man, I really like these guys, but they're not worth a dollar a month, which may or may not be true. Go to any, however you're listening to this, YouTube. Uh, if you're not already subscribing to us on YouTube, go give us a subscribe. It means the world to us, and it's free to do that. So just something to think about. And with that, we're going to get to our shares and retweets from episode 73, which was titled Dead or Alive. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> Thank you from the share and retweet from Kathy Bright. Oh, I thought you were going to sing Dead or Alive. That's why. I oh, I thought you meant kick it off. No, I was like, it's called Dead or Alive. So I was like, there's no way he's not going to sing it. <laughs> well, you all yelled at me last time I sang it. <laughs> I just figured it was going to happen, you know. Because I walk these woods, got my longbow in my hand. We're, we're, we're almost done, Jared. I just. You know, all right, I'll cut him off. Put so <laughs> <laughs> just want to know just that. that you just keep singing, Jace. I'll talk over it. Uh, so this, 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 this was episode 73. Was called Alive. <laughs> and it featured the original story for uh, the introduction story of Little John. Good luck at that. Man, man. <laughs> Got it going on. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
because I'm an outlaw. One and dead or one. Okay. <laughs> so in this case, we will start with Jason for our shares and retweets. We want to. We had three whole shares and retweets, guys. So let's honor them. Jason, who was the first one? The first one was the captivating Kathy Bright, aka the MVP. Delvin. The second one was Robin Hood, bold outlaw, like literally Robin Hood. He he, he heard us on the show, like we said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Darren Ruth, you get to fight over who gets to say this next name. I'll go. Alan J. Porter. Hey, we know him. <laughs> he's nice. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. Uh, <laughs> while we got you on the mic, uh, Darren, would you mind reading our comment that we got from uh, Robin Hood Bold Outlaw on social media? Yes, here it is. Great to hear Alan J. Porter give shout outs to Robin of Sherwood and Nathan Macquarie's Nottingham. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, Robin Hood Bold Outlaw chiming in. That takes us to you, Pat. We got more comments, don't we? We do, Jared, and I'm glad you asked. I'll take the next one from Alan J. Porter. You may know him as Alan J. Porter. <laughs> Some call him Tex. But Alan says, had great fun once again with the Longbox Crusade crew chatting about the classic adventures of Robin Hood. And we always enjoy it when Alan's on. We do. And Alan as well, too. Absolutely. And another big supporter of everything we do is, of course, the MVP captivating Kathy Bright. And she put the... uh the rooster from the animated uh, Robin Hood there as a gift and just did hashtag I'm following Robin Hood. And I love it. Moving on down here. We also got one from Auburn Elvis. Was that Auburn Elvis? No, I'm sorry. That's my burner account. Yeah. It's Auburn, it's Auburn, Auburn Elvis's Auburn. burner. <laughs> All right. It's Auburn Elvis's burner account. And he says, excellent episode. Hashtag I'm following Robin. Hood. And last we have Mike Blanchard who asked, have you all read the Xenoscope Robin Hood series? I haven't, but Ruth and Darren are very smart and well-read, so they probably have. We have read that. Yeah, we have read that. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read I don't think any of the LBC crews read it. No, I haven't read it, no. No, it's Jason? A, it's a female Robin Hood. So. Nope. Oh, that's why it's spelled with a Y, the Robin Hood thing. Oh, okay. Very cool. We'll have to oh. check that out. Maybe someone could bring that as a crusademus. Mm, maybe we'll have Sometime to see about that. Road. I appreciate the comment, Mike Blanchard, and that's cool that that you guys have read it. So it's it's all coming together. Uh, if you want to get your name, your shout out, and your comment read on this show, all you got to do is when you see this pop up on social media, give it a retweet, give it a share, spread the word, or drop a comment. Same thing goes for YouTube. If you're listening to this episode as it's playing on YouTube, just drop a comment, and we'll be happy to talk about what you had to say on the show. You know another way you can get in touch with us? Voicemails. Yeah, we got a voicemail. Like, it's 1996. You can call 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick Pick up the phone. Nice. And I give it to Jason to close it up. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, check out The Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find the Longbox Crusade on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most of those podcatchers out there. Just look for Longbox Crusade. We're also on www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Go ahead, search yourself, like us, hit that button, do everything you can. Back to you, Jason. And if you'd like to hear us on our track through all things James Bond, you can check out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? I know you're all wondering if Christopher Walken's going to stop. <laughs> I was wondering it, but I was not going to encourage it. 
No, he's uh, he told me that he's he's off going through. He's in the attic going through boxes of his old stuff. Uh, he found boxes from his childhood all the way back to infancy. And so he's looking for some specific items. He said he was happiest with his rattle. Anyways, you can. <laughs> Oof, Delvin stone faced me, looked at his watch. Okay. <laughs> you can find on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. We are on the the podcatchers out there, the Apple one, whatever the hell they call it. That's <laughs> the best one to listen to it on. Uh, but we're also on Podbean, which you can listen to directly at www.secretpodcast.podbean.com. Or you can check us out at Twitter at OHMS Pod. Back to you, Jason. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at. Delvin, go ahead and kick us off. I'm sorry, Jared. Is I heard Chris walking, you know, just got this bristling feeling on my neck. I, I couldn't help it. It wasn't you. I, I, I appreciate it. I, <laughs> I tried. You, you can find me on Twitter, D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. Instagram, Delvin Ray, if you care to look there. What about you, Pat? Thanks, Delvin. I can be found on Twitter at Christatos01. Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Jason? I'm still hanging around on Instagram at Jason Albrick on Instagram. And I'd like to thank Darren and Ruth for joining us today. Folks, where can they find you? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Rad Adventures Network. We do have a lot of podcasts that we have done in the past and we will do more in the future as soon as my work schedule gets back to normal <laughs> what are you looking forward to getting back to the most because you guys cover a lot of topics what's the one that's calling your name right now oh i c- i could not choose between our top three because you know it's uh we're we're friends with ron mike and mark and they all three would like to hear new episodes from us. <laughs> the pressure's on. You're going to see a couple of them here in a couple of weeks. So. Actually, all three of them will be at Heroes Con. Oh, cool. So. Maybe you can make a little coin off of this. Like, you know, whoever coughs up the most amount of dough gets the episode that comes out. <laughs> I couldn't make any promises right now. I'm working too many hours. <laughs> Well, hopefully you catch a break sometime. But we made time to talk with you guys because yes. you're important to us. We this do appreciate was a lot of fun. It. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, check out Red. This is not even my section of the show. This is Jason's section. But check out Red Adventures. They are very <laughs> lovable folks. Amen to that. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, for this episode of Saturday Matinee Theater. Now it's time to restock that utility belt and call in the boy wonder because our next episode, we're going to continue our journey through the 1943 Batman serial. We'll see you next episode for Chapter 14, The Executioner Strikes. The meetup location, Gotham City. To a tavern on the green They vowed to help the people of the king They handled all the trouble on the English country scene And still found plenty of time to sing Robin Hood, Robin Hood, riding through the glen Robin Hood, Robin Hood, with his band of men Feared by the bad, loved by the good This film has been flown to the United States via Pan American World Airways.